Hello, my friends. Today we are talking to Tim Dixon, the VP of Digital Business Platform at Laureate International Universities, and we discuss the three lenses of innovation, the four quadrants of leadership, and the exact skills necessary to make a digital transformation successful. All of this right here, right now, on the Modern CTO Podcast. Here we go. This is the Modern CTO Podcast. Joel. Tim, how you doing, buddy? <laughs> I'm doing great, man. Back from vacation. You looking looking like you got a little sun. What'd you do on vacation? I uh, took the family to Maui. Um, Ooh. Our second or third time there is just a complete blast. Family vacation. Nice. How many kids do you have again? Uh, two girls. We started doing these, uh, you know, quote unquote, family vacations with just my wife and our two kids last year. And, uh, you know, everybody's busy throughout the year traveling and, and this and that. And just a week dedicated to your family, just being, you know, involving yourself with your family directly and just doing some fun stuff is, uh, was, uh, was, was really needed and was, was a blast. It's like when you reset your computer for a hard reset. <laughs> <laughs> Something like that, I guess. Back, you're a little bit faster, yeah. a little bit sharper. It yeah. Reconnects you with your, uh, with your family. And uh, we took, uh, we did, every year we do a little bit of a different adventure. So this year we did this, um, and we've done snorkeling and sailing and all that before. But uh, this time we did one of the outrigger canoes. So if you remember the TV show Hawaii Five-0, mm -hmm. uh, you have all those guys rowing in one of those uh, outrigger canoes. And we took one of those up the whole west coast of, uh, of Maui. And uh, not only was it uh, a, lot of, uh, a lot of work, but it was very it was beautiful. We got to see turtles and fish and clear blue water and learn a lot about the island. So it was great. Yeah, there's like volcanoes and some observatories you're yeah. gonna geek out up there yeah <laughs> i was sore the next day i'll admit i i worked out but i was still sore after rowing uh you have to row in unison there, there's four of us and then there was a two tour guides so between the six of us it was a lot of work but it was a lot of fun you could you could take that and use it in some future leadership parable right <laughs> six people to yeah yeah, rowing and sink. Well, yeah. <laughs> there you go. There's there's some team leadership. So you ended up completing that, getting sore, recovering, getting back into the office, rocking and rolling, and uh, now you're working on some big projects. I remember you shared one project that you guys. Um, I'm not sure if you divested it or if it just was a product that you opened up to customers. Did you divest it or no? Yeah. So I think uh, what you're talking about is uh, our our new digital go to market initiative called Sumati. And uh, actually, I was so I was on vacation uh, two weeks ago in Maui, and then last week I was actually my team and I were speaking and attending the uh, the BB World conference down in Austin, Texas, which I used to live uh, for 17 years. So it was a great uh, it was a great event, and we basically showcased our new go to market product. Uh, had many presentations, spoke with customers, and so I can kind of bring you up to speed on all that. And, and that's really kind of the beauty of, uh, you know, really what I want to share about today on this podcast is one, you know, the great work that, uh, you know, I believe my team and I are doing in a company that is, you know, going through some change in the higher education space. Uh, we not only manage the internal, you know, digital business platform or digital technology for all of our students within the company, we are the digital go-to-market team as a source of revenue generation 
for the company as well, which has never really been heard of before. Um, I like to motivate my team through, you know, company first slash industry first types of initiatives. And this is definitely, you know, two, two of those. And, uh, you know, the second thing I'd like to showcase is that, you know, this, in this day and age, you know, IT has a huge potential and a huge opportunity to show up differently for their customers and for their business partners through this, uh, you know, this advent of new digital business models and go to market uh, opportunities. And so we've, we've leveraged this program called uh, Building Digital Leaders of the Future. Uh, I've uh, you know, assessed and upskilled my, uh, my digital team. I've showed them what great looks like out there and I've given them training, you know, curriculum and things of that nature to do wonderful things like build products that could be sold on the outside for revenue generation. So they've embodied it. Uh, we've had a lot of fun and uh, we've basically taken an internal IT organization and converted it into a digital go-to-market function. And so we, we, pl we play both roles. We wear both hats and uh, the team is just having a huge, you know, huge amount of uh, excitement and energy around that, uh, that dual mission. When are you going to take the teachings outside of the company so other people can replicate them? Yeah, so what's probably coming up is uh, you've seen I've written a couple of blogs on this topic. Uh, hugely passionate about uh, you know growing talent and, and team and individuals. I'm a I'm a coach uh, outside of uh, of work, and so I kind of take that mentoring coaching approach approach inside of work. Um, so the, the the couple of blogs that we've written already was was about this digital leadership of the future curriculum, this assessment, and then the the, the challenges of the positions that we would put up the team in to take on these challenges and grow as leaders. Now that we've done a couple of these um, in the, uh, in the works of writing the next blog that will actually talk about how we did it. And then what we've seen uh, individuals, what we've seen in individuals change and really what was the impetus for that change and how they've embraced the change and, and, and now are leading digital transformation initiatives themselves. So that's the next, next blog coming your way. That's, I'm very excited about that personally because I'm a, I'm a huge fan of growing people and developing, and so I'd love to to see what you guys are learning, how it's going. So please keep blogging and sharing. Now you know you know CIO pretty well. You know the people mm -hmm. over there. IDG just got like over the weekend or last week they just got a new CEO. Oh really? Who was that? Yeah, Mohammed. Uh, Mohammed, I believe his name is Mohammed Ali. Yeah, yeah. Like on the twenty. The Mohammed Ali. E. Muhammad Ali. Yeah, he is. He is now the <laughs> uh, CEO of IDG. No, but he, this individual was previously the CEO at uh, or C something O at Carbonite, the storage company. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Very well. Yeah. I, um, I do quite a bit with with CIO. In fact, my dear friend Mary Fran, who you you probably know, she just asked me to uh, come speak uh, one of the two keynotes at the CIO Perspectives in Chicago. Uh, we, had, we had such a good time with the the Reston uh, CIOP. I think you saw some of the work that we did there, leveraging uh, machine learning for you know growing and building our team internally. She liked uh, she liked that so much that she invited me back to the town I used to live in, which is uh, Chicago, before I moved here to Maryland. I'm actually in Chicago, I believe next week, speaking at Impact Marketing. Oh, okay, yeah. yeah them, they actually have one of their signs on the. I was taking the train in from the airport. And uh, I saw, I was like, oh, that's what I'm going to see. And I realized that they have their sign on one of the stadiums. I was like, oh, they're a, a bigger company than I thought. Yeah, yeah, they are. Yeah. Good luck. What, what are you, uh, what are you going to talk about? Creating better leaders. A, a topic that you and I have in common. Yeah, what we did was we took a spreadsheet 
And we took all the different habits and patterns of what leaders do with their teams and how they grow themselves and their, you know, themselves personally and their teams. Mm-hmm. And then we took the, the habits and the patterns that were like most common mm-hmm. and we distilled them into a, a short 15 minute talk. And it's, it's not like I'm a guru. I just right. take the analysis of the data and share what the, the leaders do that have the most success. That's, that's interesting. It's, it's similar to what we did with the, with the assessment that I described and, and ran a couple of different algorithms on the, on the results and sort of grouped folks into the, the four quadrants that I mentioned. If you remember the, uh, the embracers, the loose cannons, you know, the watchers, the, the leaders. Uh, so love, we'll, can't wait to see what, the, what you come up with. Yeah, we got to get together in person sometime and like dive down into the details of like what we actually have learned. It's stuff that would, would be way too nerdy for right now. <laughs> yeah, I tell you what though, there's a lot of, uh, I mean, you need, the point of all this is that, uh, you know, digital transformation in itself is, is very hard. I mean, all of the soft skills aspects of aligning and creating a strategy and selling, you know, business leaders and all that, that that's extremely hard. But at the end of the day, you need talent to basically lead and, and perform these, these transformation efforts. And, and to me, there's no other better you know, time spent, you know, investment spent or money spent than doing just that because the, the benefits that you'll reap as a result of that are, are huge. And most people focus, what I find is most people focus on the strategy side because it's so, it's so much work to gain alignment and articulate, but they spend very little time talking about the people that are gonna do all the work. And so that's just, that's just where I live these days it's is you know you jeff bezos had this quote that says you know uh hire the best talent and uh you know wind them up and let them go and uh there's a little bit more to it than that but uh there are creative juices flowing these days in the world of digital and it's just you just have to take advantage of it now do you know what we do outside of the podcast with leader bits you know no i don't uh, i've seen a little bit uh, of you guys out there on social but uh don't don't know exactly what you guys do yeah so we do like pretty much what you did internally like we oh, do okay. yeah so companies like will license us will analyze their leaders and that's why i was so interested in your matrix and all of that because i think we're all on the team of like how do we make people better because there's such such a huge market and such a gap and so few people are trying to really do this well and so that's why i'm so amazed by how we've come to like the same conclusions but separately it's like we're scientists on yeah. different part of the world we're like leadership scientists <laughs> yeah you can say that i mean it's yeah. really a, um you know i'd say it's a little bit of a niche talent out there right now um one it's a little bit of an unknown problem but i think people realize that once they get into it how how uh, how big of a deal it is and then two like i've shared with you both here at uh, laureate as well as at motorola i mean just the benefits that you gain as a result of investing in this space the other thing I would say is that as a recruiting tool, it's extremely powerful. Um, you know, millennials obviously want to go someplace where uh, their leader has a vision, you know, a voice, and is willing to invest time, um, you know, upskilling them uh, for future career advancement, and and you know, ready to leave these t- these types of huge initiatives earlier uh, in, the cur- in their career than they would have otherwise. And so, I also use it as a recruiting tool. Yeah, because there's so many cool projects to work on. Now it's like, okay, everyone's got a cool project, right? Now it's like, who are the people I'm working with and how will that help me grow? And that vision, that motivation, that drive and being in that right culture, super, super important things. One of the things that I really like about you is you're, you've got a lot more business experience than than myself personally. So from IT and M&A at Dell to like, 
emerging technologies, all these different things that you've done, especially at the, the transformation at Motorola, you have a significant like depth of, of business knowledge. And then I like how you've applied that to your, to your team. So you can say, not only are we building something cool, but we're going to have the skills to build something cool and take it to market. Yeah. Yeah. I kind of call that a dual role. And I think I've had that dual role for as long as I can remember. I'll, I'll give a little plug for uh, my MBA school, University of Texas, Hook'em Horns. Um, when I was a first year uh, student there in 1998, and I re regret to inform my age at that <laughs> point, but uh, that was their first year of starting a curriculum called the Center for Customer Insight as part of the, the MBA school. And uh, it, it was the early days of design thinking where obviously you learn to put yourself in the place of the customer, uh, day in life of the customer, see things from the customer perspective and it really set my career path off and I think in a different direction than maybe I would have gone otherwise just being a tech you know a tech guy and uh, the professor um, that I had at that time at UT is the one that I wrote the article with for uh, for Heller search and so we keep in touch and we had we kind of uh, do some of these things together because we also have a, as a consistent passion in, in growing leaders and in, in doing wonderful things through through innovation and so, you know, for, for me, it's kind of wearing this dual role for the last 20 years, which is, you know, chief technology officer, chief, chief information officer in the world of IT and tech, but it's also having the second role where you're the chief digital officer, you know, driving new uh, revenue streams for the company through innovation. And the way that I do that is through unlocking the potential of my team with, you know, bold new missions and vision and and leadership skills and so you kind of put those two things together and you know i really do see the face of the cio or the cto changing into one more of the modern area uh you know one that i call a digital facing cio or cio in, in the digital age if you don't have that second piece you know based on what i've seen i just find it very hard to have the executive leadership team or in the business view you you know in any other capacity. We all want to be viewed as business leaders and, and no matter which role, you know, we're in, even, even as CIOs or CTOs and this, this digital field, this customer facing, this innovative, this new revenue generating component is certainly a great way to, you know, press upon your, your stakeholders. I want, I want to dive a little bit deeper into that because I'm very curious. So are you actually teaching these, these leaders within the digital, within the, within your part of the organization, like how to build and construct sales teams and, and actually go through, are, are you doing that like on that level or? Yeah, yeah I mean, I would say that, uh, you know, the, 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 there's a transformation in the company that my team is leading and then there's a transformation within my own team, you know, organizationally that I'm teaching uh, the, the leaders of my organization how to structure and how to build the right operational model to basically run a digital business. Now, I'll give you an example. Um, so you, we, I've talked to you before about Laureate's business. We own, we're a for-profit uh, education company, B Corporation, global organization. We own 60 international universities across the globe, and that's great. We support those universities from an IT, corporate IT perspective, and all things digital, mobile applications, chatbots, AI, et cetera. And the new mission that uh, I've built, company first, industry first type of thing, is building new digital uh, solutions that can be used internally uh, within the company at our institutions, but also can be sold externally to institutions all over the globe outside of Laureate, which is exactly what we were doing last week at, at BB World's conference. And so think of that paradigm. You're an IT team that is used to supporting 
a certain set of applications, you know, building a certain set of uh, applications and platform that you support internally and, and, and are a cost center for the company. Take those same resources through some innovation, some leadership skilling, upsetting, through some cultural changing, you know, through some curriculum, some uh, on-the-job uh, role-playing, uh, and put them in front of customers, have them listen to customers, and then have them develop solutions that can be sold out on the open market and compete with um, you know, other solution, digital services and solutions that are out there. That just bodes a different type of operational model, organizational structure, P&L management, financial capability, pipeline management, customer conversations, support organization, operational function. It sales. Just, it just yeah. sales. It takes on a, just a completely different um, you know, shift than, than you would have before. And, and ideally, you would, you would still try to be, you want to be as much you know, efficient as possible with those resources. But look at the, look at the huge motivation now that you've, and the morale boosting message that you have for the team is come join my team. You can both work on internal and external um, type of offerings using all the latest and greatest uh, tech. Uh, that is out there to really truly drive you know, efficiency for the company and revenue generation with new, with new digital models. It's it's a powerful, powerful message, and it applies and it applies globally. I want to I want to bring this down even a little bit deeper. So, uh, one of my neighbors, <laughs> who is also the the CTO at like the largest CPA, it's like a cost per action like digital advertising company in the world. They happen to be in our town, and uh, so I see him at the gym and I talk with him, and he was talking about like what he does at the next level, right? Like, cause he's CTO, they have good size organization under him. And he's starting to notice that there are some products that could spin off that, that could divest. And so he started talking to me about like how, what he would do, how he would go about that. And I said, well, I don't know. I would put together a business proposal, pitch it to your board about divest, like in this product that you see a lot of potential for that should be separated. Sure. And, but if you were to give him advice, like let's, cause he's new and a lot of these people, the companies are growing to such a capacity that these things are new. Like they need to learn how to do these things. So would you tell, uh, his name's Jenis. Would you tell Jenis to go talk with, like how would he handle the sales component? Cause I know for a fact that I have knowledge of him. He knows how to understand customer needs. He knows how to set that up because he does that really well already internally. That's just information that I, that I happen to know. And, but the part that he lacks is like, putting together that business proposal, pitching it to a board, and then how, how is he going to handle that sales component? Like, does he go to the salesperson at his company and say, help me hire a great sales team? Or what does he do? So the first thing uh, is sort of the mindset uh, that you have to be in to, to do this. And, and to me, the mindset is the way that I look at this is running my own digital business. This is the way that I would do it if I would create a startup or you know, in this particular case, if we were to spin this out or if we were looking for investments, so you have to come at it as you're the CEO of this new, you know, digital business venture or digital business unit. That's number one. And if you start thinking about it that way, what are the roles that you need in your organization to play the chief financial officer, the chief you know, head of sales, the chief digital officer, the chief technical officer, and you, and you start nominating, you know, key talent in your team, whether they have that, you know, whether they have that skill set today or not, whether they, you feel that they could grow into it. And so you sort of delegate all of the responsibility. You assume some, and then your key leaders in the organization that you're now putting into these bigger and better roles. 
you rely on them and you lean on them a little bit more heavily than you would have otherwise. And if they're interested and excited about the mission and are going with you and are enrolled uh, in, in the mission and vision, they will learn uh, how to do it. And they will take you know, their own personal time, time on the side to, to upskill themselves in the area of tech or in the area of these other business processes and business expertises that are needed to really you know, run as a true digital business. And the one thing that I've seen, you know, just on the sales side, because I feel like sometimes I'm, I'm head of sales as, as well, there isn't really a sales organization in our company. So it's been a little bit easier for me uh, because we own institutions, the sales, you know, sit at each of the institutions. They're trying to get students to enroll. So there's no corporate sales function. So in the digital world, like I said, this gives a huge opportunity for IT to act a little bit differently. We're as good as any person to jump into that sales role and be the sales function or sales and operations function for our own digital business board. We're not, we're not asking for help for anywhere on the outside to, to do that. You know, we've asked for help in the areas of marketing, communication, and legal, and things in finance and things of that nature. But for sales, we know the product the best, we're, stacking, we're stepping into those, that role, and we're playing that on behalf of this new you know, business unit. So to me, it's a little bit of a mindset, you know, just putting yourself and assuming that you're in that position and then growing leaders within your organization who also feel that same way who could take on these new, you know, bigger and better roles. I love how clearly you articulated that. Because the thing I get the most often is, oh, I'm a CIO, I'm a CTO, these are my responsibilities. And what, what I notice people are doing as I'm talking to like a large number of people is people have like a cap. They have like a mental cap. They're like, I'm a CEO or CTO. This, these are my responsibilities and that's where I draw the line. I don't want to go up to that next stage. And so now I have better, now with help from you articulating that, I can say, oh, okay, then you don't need to worry about it. You don't even need to try. If you're completely happy with where you're at and that's like, as far as you see yourself going, stay there until you get bored. And when you get bored, you'll start asking better questions and you'll figure out that you simply have to take another mindset and go to the next level. That, that is why, if you go back to that, that digital leadership assessment that we did, that's why you've got that, that quadrant. You have a certain set of people who will follow in our leaders and their board leaders, and they just need a little bit of help and a little bit of positioning to get them in the right roles. But what I found is 50% of my organization is what I call embracers, where they want, they aspire to be leaders, as, as we're talking about here, they just don't have the capability. So they're looking for their leadership to empower them and upskilling and giving them training and curriculum to do so. And for me, between my leaders and my embracers, that's 75% of my organization. Three-fourths of my org could grow into you know, bigger and better roles, not just for doing more for me and the company, but for their own careers if they embrace you know, some, of this, some of this new movement. And so there's, there's a lot in the culture, there's a lot in the leadership description, and then there's a lot about how we actually do the work. So you could teach somebody to be a great leader and then you, know, you could fall on the, the wayside when it comes to design thinking and designing tech. And so I have these, these three lenses of, we, we call it innovation. We, we try to pitch a little bit of a different story when it comes to our approach to innovation. So I think these three lenses of innovation really redefine the role of the CIO in the digital era. And just like all my other acronyms, there's three I's. <laughs> so number one is integration. And approach these new digital models with new you know, digital tech, if you will, that is really more integration than building from scratch. And you've heard me say the future of innovation is an integration. I firmly believe that is the case. That's being aware of you know, common technology components out there that you don't have to build, but yet stitch together 
that forms some sort of new you know, end-to-end business process that will make your platform certainly much more scale, much more operational. But the second piece is, is incubation. That's using new technologies, trying out new things, whether it's open source or other common technology to, to sort of enable this new platform that's inherently always going to be involved in any new business um, digital model. And then last one is really around inspiration. And this is how things get done. This is unlocking the potential and talent of your team to perform at a higher level. And if you can do that piece wrapped in with the other two, you really have something special. And uh, so I, I'm a little uh, biased. I, I do believe I uh, have something a little bit special here and, and uh, just love seeing the team you know, perform at the, in this different level. You've got to get that analysis tool, the grid, that you, you've got to get that in an API or let the world <laughs> use it. Because that's so much better than just like saying, okay, we need to work on communication. We need to work on soft skills in general or whatever it may be, right? That's having this data set of who these embracers are and who these you know, natural born leaders are, that gives you a whole added value. That's just a way better value to give someone if you're going to analyze their team. And I have yet to see that happen. Everyone says skills gap analysis, but to take that perspective of how does my organization look as far as people that could have potential and people that do have potential that I like that perspective. It's a small, subtle difference, but I think it's a very important one. Yeah. That's, that's really what the, the whole blog was about. It was about, and, and you know, this, uh, talking to people in technology, everybody wants to see what everybody wants to see and hear what good you know, is or what great looks like. And so, the first thing that we did is obviously develop this this digital leadership profile, which we call the digital talent print. And this this shows people based on what we've seen up there in industry at our previous companies, what we've experienced. Here's the five or six things that all great digital transformation leaders do or behave or have skill sets in, you know, maniacal focus on the customer, connecting dots of disparate trends, speed over perfection, platform, being incubator of talent, having courage. You know, fearlessness, things of that nature. I mean, develop a, developing the talent profile was key, and then obviously the the assessment portion of you know, having them compare themselves to that, and then really kind of the getting under what I call the the sentiment piece, which is then how do you compare yourself personally, you know, subjectively, um, uh, to what we believe you know good or great is, and so asking them questions like how customer centric are you, how curious and creative are you. Are you insightful and innovative? Are you a change agent? Can you glean insights from data? These are all kind of personal you know, questions. You're, you're kind of grading yourself up against the best. And you know, to, to be able to be put in some sort of a quadrant, have ML run on the results, you, you have to sort of take a stop and, and look at yourself personally and, and uh, you know, examine yourself whether, whether you are those, those things that we've talked about. And I give my team credit. They, they did that very openly and transparently. And that's, that's the way, that's the only way that you can then afford to help them is that if they're honest with themselves and so you can get them the right, the right training that they need to, to really excel. And so it was a whole, it was a whole process. And uh, I, I think it, uh, you know, it reaps, it reaps benefits. There's no doubt. So when is your talk in Chicago? Is there, are there dates for it yet? Uh, September ish. September ish. Yeah. We'll put the, we'll put it in the show notes. <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's uh, 11th, September 11th. September 11th in Chicago, and you're giving a talk, a keynote, yep, at the CIO Perspectives event. 
Yep. And uh, my dear friend, Mary Fran, she's been so good to me uh, over the years. She's, uh, she's really been a kind of a partner uh, throughout the last 10 years that I've met her. Um, I don't know if I ever told you this, this story, but uh, when she gave uh, my team and I the first CIO 100 award that had ever been awarded when I was at Dell, you know, I walk up on stage and she has this hand out you know, for me to shake. And I said, get rid of that hand. And I gave her a big, <laughs> gave her a big old hug up on stage at the CIO 100s awards. It says, ever since then, uh, we've been pretty, pretty close friends and we do stuff like this together all the time. And have you ever, have you come across a Dan Ouellette, like Ouellette and Associates, they do a lot of leadership training. He is, so he is the moderator of this keynote session with two, um, myself and another person, um, kind of, kind of like a fireside chat type of thing. So nice. That's the, have you hung out with him before though? I hadn't, no, I haven't. Me either. I haven't met him before. I think he's actually based some, somewhere here in the DC area, if I'm not mistaken. Um, he's around that area. I, I had a call with him last week about, you know, what actually, well, I'll just be completely transparent. Forget the fact that we're on a show. <laughs> uh, so when I, I, I saw him, he works with a lot of premier events and they go around. And he, yeah. They're, they're awesome people too. If you've ever met Nina and their family. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I saw that what, how passionate he was cause he posts on LinkedIn and everything. Yeah. He sees pictures and I was like, Hey, we should get together and talk about what we're learning, training leaders in different parts of the world and compare notes. And then I had the idea of like, I went to Forbes, uh, Forbes Tech Council, and I said, hey, guys, we should take what we're doing at LeaderBits and, you know, brand it as Forbes and push that out. And that would be very useful because you guys have a huge following. And we, I know you write, a, you have a leadership section on your blog. And they said, we're actually doing that right now. We're like in the middle of making something almost identical to what you described. Cool. And I said, oh, dang, right? <laughs> so then I thought, all right, well, who else is out there in the media space? So then I find CIO and IDG, right? right. And I said, okay, this is what we need to do. I see Dan, he's posting, he knows Mary Fran and all of them. And I said, I'm going to call Dan and say, hey, Dan, what we should do is you and I should get together and go license this to CIO because they uh, have their competitor they don't even know is coming out with something like this right now, like that's going to be out in six months. And he said, well, they kind of already have something called Pathways, but it's kind of like not doing awesome. It's just they're going to revamp it or something like that. But he said... uh, he said it's like a little bit corp. The culture is like a little bit corporate over there in the sense that like they're not extremely hungry and, and innovation. And like, he goes, it's kind of hard to get moved. He tried to do some stuff before I said, all right, that's okay. And then I, and then I saw that, uh, I was looking for like, who is responsible for revenue over there? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Cause that's who I could call up and be like, Hey, your competitor's coming out with this. Your program's kind of like, not really, it's on ice. Right. Let's revamp it and get you some revenue. And then I, that's when I found this weekend when I was searching for that person, uh, this new CEO. So what we should do is we should take me, you, and Dan, we should all get our learnings, we should go to CIO, and we should say, we should do this like collaborative leadership program yeah. and put it out to all the technology leaders in the world. Yeah, let's do it. I've, I've talked to them about that before. I, the challenge with all this stuff is, you know, you've got to find time, uh, you know, to do this outside of your normal, <laughs> you know, work, work, uh, work stuff. But I, all the speaking engagements I do are about this topic. And so you're not going to find anyone that's more passionate about this stuff than I do. And, you know, that, that's the, that's the great thing about, um, about my job at least is that I, I believe that I'm actually passionate about the same thing that I'm actually good at. And yes. when, when I coach, when I coach team members, you know, and those two things are, are a passion in developing talent, you know, to try to thrive and transform in this digital era. And then, 
my drive is for, for positive disruption or innovation and to push, you know, company first and industry first initiatives. So th- those two things are what, you know, I want to leave my mark on, you know, when, whenever I leave. And, uh, you know, what I coach, what I coach folks on is, is trying to get to what that thing is that you're ultimately passionate about. And if, if, if you're also good at that same thing, then it just makes work so much more, you know, so much more fun. And uh, you, you find it hard to believe how many people have, have trouble finding and describing what they're actually passionate about. Um, and then asking them what, what you would, you know, what impression you'd like to leave on people once you're said and done in, in that particular role. But you have to think about those two things because that's what drives you every day. Yeah, I've read a lot, of, uh, I've read a lot about passion. I got, I think, some of the best advice from this book called Grit, where they study people who have done very, very well over time. Mm-hmm. And it's this, in the the pattern that they picked up on that was central to the book is that you start with like an interest and then you develop some skill, you don't like it, you, you love it, you hate it. But if you keep pushing through, you develop enough skills to where you're good about it, you're good at it publicly. Yeah. Right? There's like some people and you're like, okay, at it. And then you keep you develop that passion. It's not like you're just walking down the street and you like magically find some passion <laughs> thing. <laughs> well, you're going to be right? passionate about where you spend your time. That's for sure. And so if you're, yes. you're focused on spending the time and, you know, upskilling yourself and making you a better, you know, worker and, and person, you're obviously going to fall in love and, and be passionate about it. So, but, but coaching people on that is, is, is actually difficult. If, if, you know, and I don't know if other organizations might be easier than IT, but, but, but an IT person who, you know, for years, like I said, has been typically viewed as an internal cost center, may have been doing the same job for, you know, eight or 10 years. It's very difficult for them to kind of see that perspective and, and open up and start to look at themselves, you know, in that way. And the ones that you can, you know, click with, uh, it, it makes a huge difference. And the ones that um, you can, that it just requires a little bit more, a little bit more effort. Like I was telling you, the group that I'm tr- really trying to figure out right now are what I call the capable doubters. So the people that have huge ca- capacity or capability, but they haven't really been aspired to do more than they're already doing. I'm, I'm trying to crack, you know, I'm trying to crack that nut and, uh, and try to make more sense. So, and for us, that's about 20% of the organization. So I'm trying to figure out how to motivate them a little bit more so than, uh, you know, take advantage of their capability. Yeah. And that's, and it's always an interesting struggle, right? Like where to, where to spend your time and like, do you spend it cracking that nut, like convincing the capable <laughs> doubters? <laughs> now are they, when you say capable, let's help me understand. Is that capable in change or capable technically? Technically. Okay. So they're capable technically, but they're doubters. Yeah, capable technically, and this this obviously goes back to when the the, the survey was originally created. They're, they're deep in technical skills, but they don't, you know, in the axis they don't aspire, or they hadn't traditionally aspired to do more so than what they already already do. So, one, how do you aspire them? How do you paint a vision that they can be excited about and enrolled in? And then, how can you aspire them to leverage their skill sets and apply that, you know, to this this new problem and this new strategy? And uh, so thankfully it's not the majority <laughs> of the right? but it is a group, you know, 20% is you can, you can really move them in a, uh, in a unique way if that's the case. The best thing that pops into my mind is one time I had a sales lead come through right when I was first selling last year, like I'd never done a sale before, or at least I thought I had never done a sale before. Then I realized just cause I'm so excited about the things I'm doing, I'm actually selling. But 
what happened was this person came through and they're like, yeah, they were talking about signing up for this, our leadership program at Leaderbits. And they had essentially gave like a contrarian style, like attitude. Right. And then I just, you know, shared a, a short story and just said, yeah, if you, if you do that, you're going to run in circles and you're, you're, you're capable technically. But if you, if you keep obtaining like possibilities, like thinking about new possibilities and then letting doubt kill them, you're going to end up just running in circles and you're not going to go anywhere. And it ultimately doesn't affect me because you're not my target customer anyways. What it does is it just keeps you in the same spot. And the response I got from that was they became a customer. They were just like, they just like shut up and they were just like, actually that makes sense. They're like, that keeps happening to me all the time. I have these ideas. I'm capable. I want to do more. And then that voice in my head kicks up and then I end up spending all of this energy going up and down and I never actually break through and actually take the action because that doubt sets in. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, all that stuff I used to think was stupid, like the Tony Robbins or the Les Brown. Like you got to go go over there and listen to some of that audio to figure out how to get that voice in your head to be a little bit different. Yeah. Breakthrough. That is the, um, you've heard me talk about the, um, you know, the courage piece, the fearlessness piece. That, that's really where that comes into play. Um, you know, pushing it, you're going to hear adversity. You're going to hear doubters. You're going to say people, you know, I can't tell you how many times I've heard you know, even folks, uh, you know, in this, in this most recent role, uh, talk about how they didn't think we would be able to create a brand new product that generates revenue for the company, but we're doing it. We've done it and we're growing, we're growing a digital business. And you're always going to have those doubters. And then those doubters, quite frankly, convert <laughs> into wanting to join your organization and then follow once they see some success. But, but having courage, you know, being fearlessness, the ability to you know, put to the side that negativity that you may think or hear and just being able to drive it forward across the finish line is a huge component of digital transformation leadership skills. I love it. I'm excited. I... I'm going to see if I can get on, I'm going to talk to Chloe after the call. I'm going to see if I can get on my schedule to come out there and listen to your talk because <laughs> I like the way you sound. What you're saying is like very rarely do you find people who are like so aligned with you and like what you're trying to do in life. And so to come across you and Dan and Nina and all these different people that are, yeah. that are pushing that forward, it's like, all right, I feel like I'm slowly collecting a tribe and I'll push it forward with CIO. You know, I'll just call up their new CEO and say, hey, oh, you know what? We need Mary Fran on board. That's the Mary end. Fran. Mary Fran's the key. Yeah. Let's get Mary Fran on board. Well, and she, then she's bought in. I mean, I, she, she went, you know, obviously she wouldn't ask me to come speak at all these events if she didn't like this message because they're, it's CIO needs to be about both this, this movement, like I said, this redefining, the CIO being redefined in, in this digital age. And this is exactly how CIOs can redefine themselves. Uh, so it's a hot topic. It's a very relevant topic. And, you know, my personal opinion is that this is, whether the role continues to be called CIO or not, this really is the transformation within, within the senior, you know, leadership of technology role that has to take place. Um, and, you know, I, I, I like to think I'm a little bit ahead of the curve in terms of pitching this, but, um, you know, the idea of this technology leader being a very business digital facing executive one, you get one person as opposed to you know, multiple uh, people competing against, I guess, similar initiatives. And then two, you really get to get the most out of that team, that person, and that org, blending both of those skills. And then, you know, for me, quite frankly, giving a new fresh face like digital to a technology exec just motivates them and uh, you know, brings, brings much more energy of more of them for the company than they would have in the past. And it's got an incredible cost justification too, to spend time <laughs> training that up, right? 
Yeah, I mean, you could say that, but there is investment required. I mean, I think everybody knows digital is not uh, cheap, you know, by any means. But uh, think about, you know, the investment of, you know, I've been in um, the IT space now going on 25 years. I mean, you can't buy that expertise. And although I'm not getting any younger, you know, this is just a great way to leverage that in a new and different, uh, new and different way. And, um, you know, and, and if you can have fun with it at the same time, I always tell my team and my vendor partners and any, you know, recruit that I, uh, that I interview is let's do great things together and let's have a lot of fun. Because yes. if, if you're doing great things, you're naturally going to have fun. And in order to have fun, you know, you think you'd have to do some great things. And so, so that at the, at, at the end of the day, that's at the root of what, uh, you know, what we're trying to do. And that's how you're building that momentum and that energy ball and keeping it up. And that's why you're a great leader. And that's why I'm having you on the show to share your advice. <laughs> Holy cow, geez. Woo. All right, sorry, I get excited. Um, I, gave a, uh, I gave a talk um, uh, to our summer interns uh, and new hires uh, a couple of weeks ago. And, and uh, you know, they, re- they really liked what, uh, what I had to say. And I'll, I'll share with you at the end of the, if, if you can do it now or at the end of the, uh, at the show, my, uh, you know, my words of wisdom and my life lessons. I, I can't tell you how many people came up to me after that uh, session, took screenshots of, uh, of the slide, you know, said that really hit home. Um, cause there, there's a personal side to technology and the work that we do that is you know, as impactful, if not more impactful than the tech stuff. And I think people are starting to you know, finally realize that. Yes. You just said it so beautifully. <laughs> So here, are my, so here are my life lessons and you can see how these uh, resonate with well, hold, on, hold on a second. Let me, let me set it up real quick. Okay. Okay. So you're driving home from work today and you stop at a red light, right? And then next to you pulls up this, this brand new Tesla 2020. It's not even out yet. It's not even, it's not, you can't even buy it. Yeah, it's not even out. The window rolls down and it's Elon Musk. Okay. You, he says, follow me. I'm going to show you something cool. So you follow him. He takes you to this mansion that he has conveniently located right there, right? You get out, you go hang out with him in his living room. He pulls back a curtain, very like Wizard of Oz style. And there is a time machine and you get to go in that time machine and go back in the past and share some of your advice and your wisdom with your, with your past self and an audience. What would that be? Wow. Now that really frames it right there. That's, that's for sure. So like I mentioned, so I have seven of them. So uh, life lessons, what I would share with anyone and, and actually already do, which is the first one I mentioned before, is find your passion and excel at it. Be great at what you are great doing is number one. Uh, number two, three C's, be curious, be creative, and have courage. Curious, creative, and have courage. The curious piece goes back to the you know, the business or the customer curiosity, that whole design thinking thing, you know, asking questions. Creativity is the, you know, the, the Steve Jobs or, or the, the, the Jeff Bezos, you know, hire the great people and just let them you know, wind up and let them go. And then courage is listening or not listening to adversity and being fearless and, and taking that thing across the finish line. So three C's, curious, creative, and have courage. Um, the third one is own it, act now, so speed, over perfection, get going on it right now, like right now, after this call, in the next hour, uh, and don't wait for direction. Own it, act now, don't wait for direction. Uh, move with speed and hyper-focus. People always ask me, what do you mean by, I get the you know moving fast, but what do you mean by hyper-focus? That is waking up with a sense of urgency, allocating time, 
uh, not letting anyone disrupt uh, and being focused at what it is that you're trying to do and solve. It will, it will clear your mind and you will, you will work on that thing until it's actually solved or until you actually complete the task. So hyper, hyper focus. Uh, uh, fifth one is get comfortable at being uncomfortable, which means take risk. Uh, and this is a hard one for folks in you know, traditional companies or large companies to actually uh, partake in. Uh, maybe within IT, there's been less, less of a you know, risk taker mentality. So if you feel that you're being uncomfortable uh, or you feel like this is a challenging you know, problem for you, that's probably pretty good. That means there's some risk involved. It's, it's getting you to think and being more comfortable with being uncomfortable and taking risk. And then ask yourself, number six, what do you want to be known for accomplishing when it's all said and done? Uh, and at the end of the day, the last one, be kind. Uh, nobody wants to work with a jerk. Uh, be a team player. And at the end of the day, have integrity, uh, which is obviously uh, doing what you say you're going to do. And when you do it, do it right. Uh, something that my father you know, instilled on me that I think applies to many different uh, business scenarios. So those are my life lessons for Elon Musk or anyone else who, uh, who wants to listen to, to Tim Dixon. Those are amazing. When, when is the book coming out? You've got to write a book about this. <laughs> I've thought about it, actually. I, uh, I certainly have thought about it. I've got a lot of material, but uh, some things I'd like to, to do uh, before then. Well, maybe we'll include some of those lessons in the, uh, we're put putting this book together called Tech Titans. Sure. It's got like the best advice from all the interviews. And so maybe we'll include some of those and be like Tim Dixon's awesome seven things, <laughs> right? I'll send them to you. You can quote me. Done. I love it. Well, thank you so much for coming and hanging out and doing this podcast. This was like one of the most valuable interviews that I've done this entire year. So I'm very grateful for you taking your time and, and coming on and sharing it. So for, forever uh, and ever. Now I'm tied to Joel Beasley and, uh, yeah. and we were connected. We're officially connected. And I'll, and I'll reach out to Mary, uh, Mary Fran and say, Hey, we got, we got, we call him Dan, Dan Omelet because everyone mispronounces Olet. <laughs> I was like, we got, we got the omelet. <laughs> we got Tim Dixon. We got Joel Beasley. We're going to have Mary Fran. We've got, we have all these people who are so passionate about leadership and technology. Yeah. Let's, let's do, and CIO is this amazing brand. I got so inspired by the, the small speech that uh, Muhammad Ali gave <laughs> as, <laughs> as in his press release about him accepting the job. And I was like, we could come together. I'll drive it forward so you don't have to do anything except for like take a look at what we're doing and say it's good. I'm I'm backing you guys. And then we can push this thing forward and actually create a large global change with a with a brand and, and really impact the entire current and next generation of, of leaders. Let's own it. Let's act now. Um, yeah. let's, let's do it. Let's take it on. Let's, let's move with hyper focus because that's the only way something like this is going to get done. But there's a huge what I find in all the uh, you know, work that I do and the, and the people that I talk to, there's such a huge opening for this right now. And I don't see it letting up anytime soon. So let's go do it. Let's do it. I'm going to send a message right now. We're going to end this call. I'm going to go send a message to Mary Fran. You send a message to her and say, hey, Joel's going to reach out to you. He's a cool guy. <laughs> and then that way she'll talk with me. Hey, Joel, let's do great things together. And let's have a lot of fun. I agree. Thanks, Tim. All right. Take care. Thank take you. care.